too much about uh weddings or stuff like that you know uh i don't know maybe it's just me or a guy thing or whatever um but i was i was here at the 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 wedding ceremony yesterday and uh and I, i just want you to know that i had a good time yesterday i had a good time yesterday I know Sister Phyllis isn't here this morning, but she spent a lot of time and energy, and and there were others. I'm not I'm, I'm not negating any of that. There were others there, but uh, I felt good about this wedding yesterday. They they were a lovely couple. You know, it's it's a it's a I don't know. You, I, I don't want to start this. Uh, thing about uh the circle of life, you know. I'm not Mufasa and you know, but it's the older I get, you know, you you, you see life how it cycles. Life is very cyclical. And um I I can remember when I first got married and and all those feelings and um mostly, you know, you just you, you just try to get through the day. You know, you you got all these stresses and you got all this worry upon your mind and you're just worried about 
all uh, just a myriad of things and 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 you're just you're just trying to get through the day and um you're you're glad it's over and you can you can move on with life and and there's something special that happens when when a man and a woman come together and and form a bond both in the eyes of God and in the eyes of the church and um they they really were a lovely couple um it, it, it was just uh, a pleasure to see, after the wedding, of course, but it was a pleasure to see Chris as after the wedding. He was all smiles, you know. He, he got the job done. The, the wedding went off with a hitch. And, you know, it, it was just a, a wonderful time. And you know why it was wonderful? It's because they did it right. They did it right. They waited. They dated they saw each other in the good times and the bad. They, uh, they spent time with one another, got to know one another. They weren't just, um, let's get it done, let's get married, let's give out, get on with things. They, they, they went through the whole process. And, uh, and I, my brother Tony, he's, he's, he's getting ready to get married here. And, uh, and I respect the fact that he's, he's doing it right too. You know, they're, him and his sister Jacqueline are, are, are planning on getting married in the spring, right? And, uh, they're, 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 they're getting together and they're, they're, they're building that bonding that happens in life. You know, it's, uh, we, we live in a society today where one in two marriages fail. One in two marriages fail but when you do it right when you build a foundation when when, it's, when 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 the relationship is just not based upon the physical carnal desires of the of the individuals but they want to build a life together and build a relationship together that's when the, the relationship goes the distance when they're not just interested in satisfying the physical natures but also building a life together that says this this is, this is based upon the, the foundations of the Word of God. That is the most splendid thing when two lives can come together and intertwine and be made whole as one. The Scripture says these two flesh shall be made one. And, uh, and I just... I, nobody else has said anything, but I, I just appreciate the fact that I had a chance to experience that with them. It was, it was really a blessing for me. And... Um, it was, uh, the food was good. There was plenty of it. There was plenty of cake, even a little left over, I, I understand. Um, so if you need any or you didn't get any, go see Sister Phyllis. <laughs> oh, is it gone already? <laughs> but uh, I, just, uh, I just wanted to comment. It, I, I felt good about yesterday, and, and I just, I really enjoyed myself. And uh, I was I was teasing Brother Chris, you know, asking him what he was needing. And I said, do, do you have your coffee pot? Do you have your, oh, yeah, I got my coffee pot. He was talking about his truck. And he says he has this big mutter truck and he's, he's, he's got to sell it because now he's married and, you know, he needs to get something more economical, you know. And I said, well, as long as you got your coffee pot, man, you'll be all right. <laughs> you got a trainer how to how to make coffee, but you know. <laughs> but anyway, I've come to challenge you this morning. I've come to challenge you this morning, and 
I want to talk to you this morning about the power of a praying church. If you'll stand with me in honor of the reading of the Word of God. Reading out of Acts, the fourth chapter, verses 23 through 31. And then we're going to switch over to Acts 2, 46 and 47. But it says this, And being let go, they went to their own company and reported all that the, the, the chief priests and the elders had said unto them. And when they had heard that, they lifted up their voice to God with one accord and said, Lord, thou art God, which hath made heaven and earth and the sea and all that is in them is. Who by the mouth of thy servant David had said, Why did the heathen rage and the people imagine vain things? The kings of the earth stood up, and the rulers were gathered together against the Lord and against his Christ. For a truth against thy holy child Jesus, whom thou hast anointed, both Herod and Pontius Pilate, with the Gentiles and the people of Israel, were gathered together. For to do whatsoever thy hand and thy counsel determined before to be done. Now, Lord, behold their threatenings, and grant unto thy servant that with all boldness they may speak thy word, by thy stretching forth of thine hand to heal, and that the signs and the wonders may be done by the name of thy holy child Jesus. And when they had prayed, the place was, and when they had prayed, the place was shaken where they were assembled together, and they were all filled with the Holy Ghost. And they spake with boldness. And they spake the word of God with boldness. Acts 4, or Acts 2, verses 46 and 47. And they continued daily with one accord in the temple, and breaking bread from house to house, did eat their meat with gladness and singleness of heart, praising God and having favor with all the people. And the Lord added to the church daily such as should be saved. Let's bow our heads in prayer. Heavenly Father, we ask your blessings upon this day. We ask that, Lord, that as we bring forth the Word of God, that, Lord, you would anoint my mind and anoint my thoughts and anoint my tongue and help me, Lord, to give you glory. But, Lord, I also ask that you would anoint this congregation. I ask that, Lord, that I'd be able to do so, or say something, to touch something, to, to be able to motivate and say something that will change a life. God, I ask your blessings upon this morning. We bind satan lord and we bind his spirits and we command him to go in the name of jesus and we invite the presence of the lord into this place and we ask that you would do a work upon every heart lord stir every soul let not a person leave here that has not been touched by the spirit of the lord we ask your blessings and your touch in the name of jesus let's give the lord a hand clap of praise you may be seated can i have the lights turned up please I feel like I'm in the dark. Thank you. Thank you. I come to provoke you this morning with the idea of mysticism. Now, mysticism can sometimes be a bad word in church. Boy, you talk about mysticism. You start conjuring up all kinds of ideas, all kinds of thoughts, all kinds of evil thoughts what is he talking about mysticism in church for how dare he is this not the holy place of God well yes it is who this morning knows what mysticism is does anybody have an idea 
I want to provoke you, so I want to challenge you. Does anybody have an idea what mysticism is? No, no, I don't worry, I won't denigrate anybody for their answer. I also don't want to make this morning's service so prosaic that you fall asleep in your chair or your pew. <laughs> mysticism, according to West Webster's dictionary, is this belief in direct or intuitive attainment of communication with God. Now sometimes we, we really do add an evil sense to mysticism, but mysticism is not always evil. It's just that today in our society there's so much of evil that we, 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 we attribute it to evil. But, but the, the, the direct belief that you're in communication with God. I'm talking about prayer this morning. It's, it's, that, it's that place where, 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 where the finite body and the finite mind becomes connected with an infinite God. Our, 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 our history of mankind is full of, of, of mysticism. Some of the most famous... In the scriptures is Moses. Moses was a mystic because he had a communication with God. He had a connection with God that was like no other. When he prayed, the, 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 the cloud came down. God heard him. God heard his voice. God heard the voice of, of humanity crying out to him. And he was able to connect with God. That's what we want to do today. Now I'm not talking to a, 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 a just a group of people this morning. I'm, I'm talking to a spiritual body this morning. I'm talking to spiritual believers this morning. People filled with the Holy Ghost. The Bible says that He has put His earnest or His down payment of His Spirit inside you when you're filled with the Holy Ghost. The early church was known for its place of prayer and praise. From the very beginning of the foundations of the earth, man has tried to connect with God in some form or in some fashion. One of the most well-known first-time experiences that this happened was in the Garden of Eden. After the fall of man, who offered up the first sacrifice? Did not eat... Or not eat uh, Cain and Abel, thank you. Had a brain fart there. Cain and Abel offer up some of the first sacrifices unto God, some of the first connections of reaching out to God. Sometimes we forget that God is willing to, 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 to reach out to us. Sometimes it seems that when we pray, the heavens are brass. But God is there all the time. When I think of other people who've had relationships with God, there was Noah. There was Abraham and Jacob. There was David. There was Daniel. So let me ask you one of the first questions this morning. Well, actually, it's the second question this morning. Where are you at in your walk with God? How's your prayer life? 
Have you prayed this week? Have you, I mean, more than, Lord, bless His food and let it be good and nourishing. Have you communicated with God this week? Have you taken time out of your busy week to even thank God for the good things that He's given you? Prayer. It's happened throughout the history of man. Some of the greatest men that we know in history have cried out in the time and the hour of their need and God has, act, has intervened in a supernatural way and caused the problem to go away. One of the times that I think about, one of the first times that I thought about was when, when Joshua called out to God, a human man, called out to God, and God heard that voice when he was attacked by the five kings of the Amorites in, in Joshua 10 and 5. He heard God and God answered. Or he, he called out to God and God answered and caused the, the, the sun to stand still for a whole day. Prayer is a communication or a bridge between us and God. It's not something that's, that's so ethereal and so uncomprehending that, that, that we have to get into a secret dark place and, 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 and whisper His words. No, you can cry out to God at the top of your voice or you can whisper His name in a minute of prayer and God will hear your cry. The Bible says that God will hear your heart's cry. We don't have to feel like we're walking this life alone. You're not the lone ranger, neither am I. God, God uses everyone. God uses everyone. We, we don't have to feel like we're bearing the burdens alone because there are many people that we don't even know about who are somewhere in a, in, in a secret closet with God praying about the needs that are there. God is wanting us to have a relationship with Him. And one of the best ways to have a relationship with Him is to take the time to bend a knee, take the time to spend some time in prayer. Prayer does so much for us. The difference between what, happens in the old, what happened in the Old Testament and what happens in the New Testament is the fact that in the Old Testament, before they could approach God, they had to offer up their animal sacrifices. Today, the blood, the blood of Jesus Christ has already been sacrificed so that we can come into the presence of the Holy of Holies so that we can make a communication with God. God is as close as the mention of His name. And that name is Jesus. I want to tell you this morning that you'll never exhaust the resources of God. There, you will never out-pray. Out you will never out-resource God's ability to, 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 to meet your need. God is there to help you whenever you need help. But God is also there to, re, to, to, to just bring comfort and joy to your heart. God is not the emergency cord on the train. God is not the parachute that, that, that is there to save you in the time of your, 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 your free fall of trouble. But God should be prayed to every day, in the good times and in the bad. We should never, we can, we can never exhaust the resources for the church today. The power that was poured out on the day of Pentecost is still being poured out today. But there is a problem. We have become lax in the house of God. We, we, we have become commonplace in, in, in the presence of the Lord. 
We have forgot our spiritual bearings and our moral bearings and we, 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 we are being pushed aside by our society today saying this is how we should be in the church. I don't know why we think that society should dictate to us how we should live and how we should walk and how we should talk and how we should dress. Society should not be doing that to us. We should be doing it to them. We need to get past this thing that's that, that, that if the world says it's wrong or society says it's wrong, well, then we better not do it. I'm not ashamed to be called an apostolic man of God. I'm not ashamed to hold and embrace this doctrine. I'm not ashamed to call God my God. or I'm not ashamed to call upon the name of the Lord in prayer. But there are those in society who want to say that, that the Bible isn't true, that it's just a group of stories, allegories. It is just a guidepost. It's more than that. It is much more than that. It is what leads us to the place of salvation. It's what tells us how God wants us to be. It's what helps us to understand and see the needs of our lives and how they need to change. We'd never know if it was wrong to lie or to steal if the Word of God decides not to do with those things. It's not just a word, bunch of words of thou shalt not. It's more than that. It's a way of learning how to please God with our lifestyle. The Word of God should not be foreign to our hearts. It, not, it should not be foreign to our hands when, when church starts. It, it, it shouldn't just be what's up here that, that we rely upon. Prayer has power. And God will hear. James 1 and 6 says this, But let him ask in faith nothing wavering. For he that wavers is like a wave of the sea driven with the wind and tossed. This story appeared in a local newspaper in New Zealand. It was written by the Associated Press. It said this, Grant Stubbs and Owen Wilson both were from the town of Blenheim, Blenheim of the country of South Islands of New Zealand. They were flying up a sloping valley of Polaris Sound when the, the engine sputtered and coughed and died. My friend and I are both Christians, and our immediate reaction was, in a life-threatening situ situation was to ask God for help. Stubbs told the Associated Press. He said he prayed during that ill-fated flight that the tiny craft would get over the top of the ridge and that they could find a landing site that was not too steep or in the nearby sea. Wilson said that the, prayer, that the pair would have been in deep trouble if the fuel had run out five minutes earlier. If it had, not run, if it had run out, there was to be a... There, there was a... Excuse me. If it had... To run out, this was the place that it had to be. And there was an instantaneous answer to prayer as we crossed the ridge, and there was an airfield that I didn't even know existed. After Wilson guided the powerless craft to a landing on the grassy strip, the prayer noticed that they had landed beside a 20-foot sign that read, Jesus is Lord, the Bible. Sometimes God does answer immediately. Sometimes the need is so great and the and, 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 and the presence of, of God is so strong that God can, God can answer it. When we walk by faith and understand that we are in a spiritual warfare, yes. 
Sometimes we forget that we're, we're, we're spiritual people. We are so busy by, by our day-to-day lives and our day-to-day meetings and our day-to-day uh, situations that, that we forget that we are spiritual people and that our prayers can affect people all over the world. Prayer really does work when it's backed by faith. Amen. Jeremiah twenty nine thirteen says this, You shall seek me and find me when you shall search for me with all your heart. See, we want to we say, God, you know my need. God, will you answer that need? And we're real calm about it. But you know, if this man here, if this man here was to have a heart attack, God forbid, this man here was to have a heart attack or a stroke or one of you were to, were, were, were to fall down in sickness or, or even in death, I, I don't want somebody to say, Lord... Now you know they're dead. And God, He needs to get up. Or Lord, He he really needs a touch in your body. Would you want somebody praying for you like that? I wouldn't either. I want somebody who's in touch with God. I want somebody who has a connection with God. God, touch this man. Heal him in the name of Jesus. You know, we want somebody who has power with God. And the only way you get power with God is when you're in prayer with God. The only way that you can have connection with God is when you build that bridge and that time with God that only comes when, when, when you spend a lifetime in prayer. God is wanting us to use our faith and God is wanting us to use our abilities. But we've got to use it with all our heart. What happened when the apostles prayed together in Acts 4.31? And when they prayed, the place was shaken. Do you think that was a small prayer meeting? Do you think it was a prayer meeting that just happened? No, sirree. They prayed. And they prayed. And they prayed. And soon after, the, after they prayed, there was a shaking in the house. There needs to be a shaking in our souls. There needs to be a shaking in our hearts. What do you think would happen if we got all, all in one place and that shaking took place? What do you think would happen if, if, if I, I have heard things where the, where the pulpit was hit by lightning by God when people prayed, when people sought God? God is wanting to show and demonstrate to His, to, to His people the connection that comes with prayer. I can't imagine what life would be like. I've actually experienced what life would be like without prayer. It's empty and void. Having a life that does not have prayer leads you so, so, so short-sighted. Having a life without prayer leaves you with nobody to turn to but yourself. One of the things that brought men, to get, men together was the fact that they had been persecuted. For the name of Jesus. In Acts 4 and 21 it says, Peter and John had been arrested and when they had been threatened they let him go. And finding, that nothing, and finding nothing how they might punish him. Do you know that's, that time's coming to America? They recently passed the uh, hate crimes bill. Snuck it in under a military appropriations bill. And uh, it hasn't started yet, but it will happen here in America because it's happened in Canada it ha- it's happened in Europe it's happened in Spain it's happened in, in other parts of the world where you can't speak against the, the, the homosexual community you can't speak about the gay lifestyle you can't speak against it because you offend people and uh, when you offend people then they can use this hate crimes bill 
to, to come against the pastor or the church or whoever said, and they could sue them or they can arrest them for the fact that you, you are standing against a, a lifestyle that the Bible condemns. I, I've heard it more than once about that in Canada where people who have posted things on the, even on the Internet have, have been arrested by, by the police because they've spoke against the homosexual lifestyle. And we, we, we have now have that bill in America. A time is coming when, when society will not tolerate a Bible-preaching church. Time is coming when, 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 when it actually really is here when good is evil spoken of. Time is coming when, when, when we are so going to be so, try to be so bound that the doors of the church are going to be locked because we cannot preach the Word of God because somebody would be offended. But you want to know the truth? The Word of God is offensive. The Word of God is offensive. It offends the, 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 the soul of man when he is told what is right and what is wrong. It offends the, 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 the idea that I can live my own lifestyle and still make heaven. It offends that, you know, when, when, when I am living whatever way I want to live, that somebody's going to come and tell me that you can't live that way or you shouldn't live that way. The Bible is full of those things. The Bible is full of things that tell us how we should live and how we should talk. It's offensive. The Bible says that they rejected Christ. They rejected Christ. And if the world loves you, then, then you're not a friend of Christ. If you're, if you're not being... And I'm not talking about being crude, rude, or socially unacceptable. But I'm talking about because of, of your lifestyle, because of your holiness lifestyle, because you believe in the things of God. If those things offend people, then you know you're right with God. But if you're not being attacked, or if you're not, if, if you're not at least being a... a causing somebody to question why, then maybe, maybe we need to check and see why we're, we're not being offensive. How's our Holy Ghost holding up? How's our walk with God holding up? Are we still holding sin in our lives? God must shake His head in disappointment when He sees how temperamental man is today. God really must shake His head to see how, how man is so... Um, so put off because maybe the church is too cold to pray in. Man is put off, or God has got to be shaking his head when we're too tired to at least spend some time in prayer. God's got to be offended by the fact that we're so calloused. We are so calloused with our prayer life. If we are being really persecuted, like they were in the early church, being boiled in oil, having animal skins sold to your, actually sewed to your skin, you were you were you were let go, and, and depending on who was doing the hunting, they would they would release the dogs, and they would run you down, and they the dogs would tear you apart, because you are a Christian. There was Herod who who took the Christians. Or excuse me, Nero, who took the Christians and tied them to posts, covered them in oil, and set them on fire. If we were facing that kind of persecution, maybe maybe we would do, do 
wouldn't care about what, what kind of shape the church is in as much as we need to know what kind of shape our souls are in. If we weren't so worried about how, how we're going to uh, do something the next day or how we are going to spend the next couple of hours before, after, after church is out, maybe we'd spend some time in prayer. Maybe we'd make a connection between us and God. But we are so worried about so many different things. And yet we fail to take our problems to the, ones who, the one who can answer the pro, our, our, our problems. What is prayer? What is prayer? I already said that it's a, it's a, it's a communication bridge between, uh, between the finite man and, and, the, and the infinite God. But prayer has a purpose. Prayer is the opportunity for us to bring our will in line with God's will. In Romans 8 and 26 it says like this, Likewise the Spirit also helpeth our infirmities. For we know not what we should pray for as we ought, but the Spirit maketh itself maketh the intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. And he that searcheth the heart knoweth what is the mind of the Spirit, because he maketh intercession for the saints according to the will of God. We, uh, we sometimes will come to church and we don't know a need. There are people here who, like Brother Rob was saying, who, who have the flu or who are sick in some form, some fashion. We don't know about it. There are people here who carry burdens and griefs and sorrows upon their heart. But when we get into the middle of the Holy Ghost, when we start praying with anointing, when we get into that, that, that vein of, of prayer, when you know that, that in, in, in a sense that you have bridged that gap past your carnal flesh, when you get past that carnal place in your heart, when you're not, you're not caring about tomorrow or yesterday or even this morning but when you get in that place of prayer where you're past the carnality of your day and you're in that vein and that, and you, you got that connection with God and, and you ask in prayer, God Adam needs healing today God, he, need, he needs your touch in his body heal him God, I don't, I don't know who's hurting this morning I don't know who's who's in pain of soul and pain of spirit, I don't know the burdens that they carry but Lord, I ask that your spirit would just make a difference today. That comes with a life of prayer. The scripture says that the spirit helpeth our infirmities. He helpeth our weaknesses. Because we don't know what we should always pray for. But the spirit of God makes intercessions for us. I have been reading, uh, rereading the, uh, the book by uh, Brother Arcovio on spiritual warfare and he's talking about the uh the battles that that go on in, in, in a person's life and in the life of a church uh he's talking about the uh the, the warfare with the lion the warfare with the lion according to brother arcovio uh is is when we battle daily with the the issues of our flesh we battle daily with maybe a smoking habit or, or, or some other habit or maybe we, we, we have an anger issue or whatever, whatever it is. It's, it's the, the lion of our flesh, the thing that devours our time, the thing that, 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 that causes us not to spend time in prayer, the thing that causes us to give us a, a, a lot of grief. And, and uh, he's talking about when we are able to conquer the, 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 uh, the spirit of the lion, that's when God can really use us. 
when we're able to conquer the spirit of the lion, when we're able to overcome the, 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 the spirit of the flesh, because the scripture says that the spirit worth against the flesh and the flesh against the spirit in Galatians 5. Um, then we move on to the spirit of the, uh, of the bear. Now, the spirit of the bear is an interesting thing because uh, we have done it in this church. Um, we've had corporate prayer for our city. And uh, we have, we've gotten into the spirit of prayer where we, we have prayed the corporate prayer against the spirits of our city. Now, now corporate prayer helps. It really does. And uh, we come together in the unity of the body and, and lift up the, the, the needs of the, of the congregation. But in, in the battle with the bear, sometimes he's, Brother Arcovio says that uh, the bear can lay dormant for, for hundreds of years because somebody isn't praying. A church isn't moving. A church isn't growing. But when that church starts praying, when that church starts wanting to have spiritual revival then God, the spirit of the bearer will stir up people within the congregation. He'll stir up people within the community. The scripture says in, in, in uh, uh, Ephesians that, that we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers and spiritual wickedness in high places. And, and, and when, when a church begins to pray and a church begins to worship and a church begins to reach out to lost souls and has a deep desire, we stir the spirit of that bear because he's comfortable. He's comfortable in, the, in, in his lifestyle. He's comfortable with the status quo. But all it takes is somebody to come in and just mess up the whole thing. And, and, he, and he gets angry. And he'll stir politicians to come in and say, your, uh, your, your church isn't up to uh, fire code standards. You, you've got to do this and do this, and you really can't hold services until that church gets, in, gets into two regulations. Um, I can remember when my brother was building his church up in DeKalb, Illinois, they had, he had five building inspectors come to his church while it was still in the process of building. And... Uh, they would say, well, your electrical connections here need to be changed. Or uh, how about this one? When he made the steps to go down into the basement, he made them at seven inches exactly for each step. Well, the new regulations that came into the city said they have to be seven and a half inches. They wanted him to tear out all those steps because of a half inch. Why did they do that? It's because the spirit of the bear was stirred. I want to talk to you about a spirit of the bear that's been stirred. Brother Rockford talked about it this morning. That is in the city of Gosport. The bear has been stirred. There are people who, who are trying to not let us have a church in that city. And uh, they, have, they have gone out of their way for us not to have services they, they they have taken away our our abilities temporarily to have a place of worship or a place of gathering so that we can have bible studies to be taught now we are i said this earlier we are a spiritual body we are, we are spiritual people and we have sowed in prayer in fasting in outreach in that city now 
for quite a few years. And I want to tell you that the walls of, in Gosport are coming down. I want to tell you that there are people who are, who are starting to gain a desire and a wish that our church would have a building in the city of Gosport. The only way that happens is when we pray and we fast and we keep reaching out and we keep moving beyond the obstacles that the devil is trying to put in our way in the city of Gosport. There are doors literally being opened in that city so that we can go in there and have a place of worship for, our young, for those young people. Prayer has been like a battering ram against the strongholds of the enemy. It is, it is like the, 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 the atomic bomb that brings down the strongholds that, that once were so strong that we couldn't even get, to, get into the city. That nobody wanted nothing to do with our church. But there are people who have gone back and gone back and gone back. There are people who have a desire to actually have the gospel in Gosport. There are people who once had not wanted nothing to do with our church or wanted nothing to do with what's going on, and, 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 but now they've turned around. There's somebody who is willing to take on that chore. There's somebody who is willing to, to take on the, 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 the thing, the need of salvation for these young people. We cannot forget. We don't want to become like the Catholic Church. And I'm not, I'm not speaking bad about the Catholic Church, but what I'm saying is they're, they're, they're so stuck in their traditions and they're so stuck in their ways and they're so stuck in their lifestyles that they have forgotten that they are a spiritual body and they're starting to die out. The, 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 the Catholic faith is starting to die out. And we don't want to become just like them that we're so used to the comfort of this, this building and so used to the comfort of our, our rituals and our routines that we forget that there are still people who have not yet been born again into the kingdom of heaven. There, are, there is a church in Gosport still waiting to be born. It's in labor right now. It is in labor right now. People are, are, are starting to come together with the idea, hey, this would not be a bad thing to, to have happen. I'm reminded of the scripture in Proverbs that says that when the righteous are in control, the city rejoices. When righteous men will go and do righteous things and, and live before the people like they're supposed to live, People have no problem getting behind them. People have no problem lining up and helping. There are people who are willing to help build a church in Gosport. And I'm so thankful for the, the people that, who are here, who have taken their Saturdays and gone out and knocked doors. Not just in Gosport, but in Spencer and other places. But, but right now in Gosport, the warfare is going on and the battle is being waged. And you, are I, you and I are the deciding factors. You and I are the ones that are going to decide whether Gospel is going to have a choice of a church. You know what I mean? I'm talking about if you and I don't get behind them in prayer. If we don't get behind these people who are, who are willing to do the work and pray for them and work against the spirits of that city because there are spirits there. If we don't get behind these people and, and, and give what we can, 
then we better just close up our doors right now. We better just quit. Because I don't see a reason why we should go out and reach those lost souls if we're not going to commit to them. I don't want to be like our president who's trying to decide, well, should I send more soldiers or shouldn't I? Meanwhile, people are being, or their lives are being lost. Right now in Gosports, there are souls yet to be born. And if we play around with this thing and not get behind those who are trying to do a work in Gosport, there are souls that will never be born into the kingdom of heaven. What if somebody didn't do that for you? I, I, I can tell you numbers of times that, that Brother Robertson has said, well, I've got a Bible study to teach tonight. And there are others. Brother, brother, brother Eldar teaches Bible studies. Others in the congregation. Brother Tony, Brother Bob. People who have gone out and taught Bible studies. What if they didn't do that for you? What if they, they didn't expound that for you? You wouldn't be sitting here today. Somebody prayed for you. And now there's a, there's a need in the city of Gosport. There is a need for people to get behind those who are willing to do the work and pray and fast and give a hand when the hand is needed. I'm not, I'm not trying to lay a guilt trip. I'm trying to make you aware of the need. Prayer goes anywhere. Prayer does not, is not bound by the four walls of this building. James 5 says, 5.16 says this, If we confess our faults one to another, that ye may be, he, excuse me, confess your faults one to another and pray for one another that ye may be healed. The effectual, fervent prayer, the effectual, fervent prayer of a righteous man, it avails much. It, it, it gives the example of Elijah because of the sin in the city because of the sin in the, in, in the kingdom of Israel, prayed the effectual, fervent prayer. God, don't let it rain for three years. And for three years, God heard the voice of man and would not let it rain one drop of water. Until that city come to a point of decision, and, or the city come to a point of crisis and decision, well, whose God am I going to serve? And until they made that choice, it didn't rain. It didn't rain. Until we make the choice of what we're going to do, until we make the choice of how we're going to engage in the spiritual warfare of our city and the city of Gosport and any other city that needs prayer, then we're a powerless church. God didn't call us to sit upon a pew and do nothing. God didn't call us to sit upon a pew and look pretty. God didn't call us to sit upon a pew and, and, and pat your brother or your sister on the back. God called you and God called me to be prayer warriors and prayer, prayer partners. And God called us to be spiritual people. And prayer is a part of that warfare that we need to break down the strongholds of Satan. This church would not be here if people, if people hadn't prayed. Prayer is not bound by the imaginations of your mind. Prayer is not bound by the imaginations of the heart. But 
I started getting into this earlier, but when, when Brother Arcovio was, was, was in, in, there's a portion in his book that he was talking about, I, I've, I've moved out of this time of, of praying in English because I've learned, he says in his book, I have learned that when I start speaking in tongues, when I get into that vein of worship and prayer in tongues, that the Spirit of God can do more when I speak in tongues than when I, when I just were to speak it in English. I don't care what it takes. I don't, I don't care how it works. I don't care uh, how you do it. But what is important is that we do it. It's, it's important that we, we not just preach it. It's important that we practice it. It's important that we incorporate it. We live it. I'm reminded of the scriptures that says that many shall in the last days say, Lord, Lord, have I not done this and done that? They are facades. They're fakes. They're, they're phonies. They're not real. Oh, they can be mystical. They can, they, they can be used by an evil spirit just like like somebody else or anybody else who, is, who doesn't have the Spirit of God. They, they can be used in, a, in, in that form. Even Scripture says that Satan himself is like, can come in, in, as, as an angel of light. Are we an angel of light? Do we come in the form of godliness? The Scripture says that in the last days there shall be men who come in the form of godliness but deny the power thereof. There's no power if there's no prayer. There's no power if there's no communication between you and God. There's no power when we don't connect with the, the infinite God in, in worship and in praise and in, and in the Word of God. There's no power in that. We can be confident that there are no hopeless situations no hopeless circumstances that God cannot answer. When God answers prayer, we may not always see or understand or be able to explain how God did it. But I do know this. God will do it. James 14, 13 says that whosoever shall ask in my name, that will I do, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. The possibilities of prayer are endless. It opens the door of utterance. It opens the door when, <laughs> excuse me, when, when, when it was impossible to witness and impossible to testify. Prayer opens that door that you can speak to that person at once was shut off. You don't know when the crisis enters into a life. You don't know when somebody is in great need that they're looking for an answer and just at that time, that knock, 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 knock. Hi, I'm from the United Pentecostal Church, and we're here to, to offer you a ride to church. If you need a ride, we want to invite you. Prayer does that. Prayer opens the door when, when, when their minds were closed. I don't want to hear anything about that Pentecost. I don't want to hear anything about God. I'm reminded of what something Brother Williams said when uh, he, was, he, he was talking to a firefighter and, over in Gosport, and he was saying that... Uh, Oh, I'm, I feel so bad about this. He said, 
some of your people came to my door the other day. And he said, before they finished knocking, I said, I don't want to hear a single word out of your mouth. He said, I don't want to hear anything about your gospel. I don't want you on my porch. I want you off my porch. I, want, I don't know who it was. But I don't want you here. But prayer opened the door to that man's heart. That was your people? That was your... He, he didn't know that they, they went to Brother, Brother Williams' church. But when he found out, he was all over himself. He was all over himself in apology. Oh, man, I am sorry. I just... I've had so many people come to my door and I'm, I'm tired of it. But you don't know. You don't know that the door that you knock on will be, be the door that, that, that somebody's getting ready to commit suicide. We are, we are so much in need of remembering that we are not just called Christians because we carry a title like the... Uh, like the, the, the Lions Club. We're, we're not the Lions Club. If you want socialness, you can go to the Lions Club. You want to do community activity, you can go to the Lions Club. They do a great work. They do great things. I'm not speaking evil of them. But we are not the Lions Club. We're McCormick's Creek Apostolic Church. We're a praying church. We're, we're, we're a spiritual church. And we need to be spiritual people, not just on Sundays. But we need to be spiritual people every day of the week. Every hour of the day. You don't know. You don't know that even on your, your worst day, when, when you, 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 want, you want to just... Oh! You want to pound the guy next to you. You don't know if somebody's watching you. Prayer keeps the flesh in check. Prayer keeps your, your body, your mind, your soul in line with the will of God so that that guy that knows that he is just digging that, that stick into your side. Oh, you're a Christian, huh? He knows. I'm trying to get your Holy Ghost. You ever have somebody try to get your Holy Ghost? I laugh at him. Because I'm tougher than that. And you should be too. Because my Holy Ghost is not predicated upon how I feel today. My Holy Ghost is not predicated upon how, how, how I feel yesterday or, or, or whatever. God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. He doesn't change. Let's stand. I got more. But I want to say this. Prayer produces spiritual fruit. In Psalms 126 and 6, it says this. He that goeth forth and weepeth, bearing precious seed, shall doubtless come again with rejoicing, bringing with him, bringing his sheaves with him. I want to close with this story. This is a true story. And it goes like this. This was phoned in to uh, focus on the family. It says, for many, year, for many years, my husband was an alcoholic and a drug addict. And our marriage had deteriorated and ended in, ended in divorce. 
But I pray that out, prayed to God would deliver my husband from the sin that he was bound to and that he, he would heal our broken home. After three years of divorce, we were remarried last year on April 26th. It's been a good year. It's been a struggle to put a marriage back together, but God's, with God's help, all things are possible. And I just want, and I just ask that you would be willing to do His will and praying and believe that God can save him. Believe them and deliver them from their sin. Nobody is never too far gone. Nobody who has a drug addict or for a son or an alcoholic for a father. Nobody who, and, and, and we don't want to think about it, but nobody who is an abuser is too far gone that God cannot touch. But what makes the difference in you and in me is that when we're in prayer and we have a prayer life, we don't see them. We should not see them through our carnal eyes. But we have to remember, God died for that person. Jesus Christ hung on the cross so that that man can be saved. We need to remember that. Let's bow our heads in prayer. Heavenly Father, we thank You for this day and for the Word of God. I thank You for the Spirit of the Lord that has been here. And I thank You, Lord, for what has been said. And I thank You, God, for what is being heard, not just in the ears, but upon the heart. God, for we need to be changed. We need to be changed, Lord, not into more of the world, but more into the image of Jesus Christ. God, help us, Lord, to, to be more prayer warriors and more sensitive, Lord, to the need to pray for others and for their others' needs. I thank You, Lord, that, God, Your Word teaches us how to live and how to, how to spend time with You. And I thank You, God, for the work that You've already done in the city of Gosport. And I thank You, Lord, for the work that You are doing in that city, for the souls that will be saved. I give You praise, Lord, for this day, this day that is dedicated to You, this day that is, ten, that is able to, to come and have a, a time of, of, of communication with You. I thank You for this day, and I ask Your blessings upon it. I ask these things in the name of Jesus. Amen. You are dismissed in Jesus' name. Please remember, come early to pray.